Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation. Good evening, everyone. Today we have a very special guest joining our roundtable interview slash Q&A. Um, I'll tell you how beautiful God works as I have a customer and I know many of my admins and uh, regular members are probably like, this is a broken record, but it's a good broken record when God works miracles. Um, <clears throat> I do a full-time delivery and I do this for God's children when I'm off of work. And so I delivered to a customer and her daughter had uh, stage four cancer and, and God sparked this conversation. And she told me her daughter had stage four cancer and the cancer spread throughout her whole body. And uh, I've had a lot of family members that passed away from cancer, unfortunately. And uh, I just know from my aunt's husband, um, being diagnosed with stage four he had about a year and uh he departed from us and uh, i'll tell you the most beautiful thing is um i'm sitting there and i'm like oh no i'm thinking her daughter you know passed away from from <laughs> seeing what happened to my relatives and my uncle and and she goes you know we did the chemo but if i would have if we would have known what we know now we would have never did it and she says we found this Christian doctor. And so long story short, her daughter sleeps with a light frequency device every night. And we have Uncle Doug on here, which was giving us uh, a speaking on the Rife machines um, several months ago. And uh, her daughter is now five years cancer free. And uh, with that and further to do, I would like to introduce Dr. Kevin Connors. How are you doing, Dr. Kevin Connors? You got to unmute your mic, Doc. I am doing great. How is, how is everybody in the Patriot world today? We're doing awesome. We're doing awesome. We're, we're hold, holding on to uh, God's face, and we know God wins. and. Uh, God is definitely winning when he is allowing us to discover wonderful doctors like yourself. Oh, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And that's a great story that you started off with. We have lots of those stories um, uh, with our patients. Um, um, but as we talk about the Rife machine, I'm going to keep a balance with the understanding about it because it isn't a magic wand or a magic light either. But God can use it for, you know, performing his miracles because ultimately he gets the glory in all of it. So so um, do you want to start with questions or should we should I just kind of jump into what it is I do and get a, give people an idea of what Rife technology is? Yeah, I'd like to give you the floor just to explain a little bit about your clinic. Um what do you guys do? I mean, even I was on your website and I seen some of the wonderful devices to get rid of the bad frequencies for headphones and cell phone covers, et cetera. Um, and just give the, the members a little overall and then we can open up with Q&A when you're uh, ready for it. Okay. All right. So give a little bit of history about me. I graduated as a chiropractor back in 1986. Um, but a little bit different chiropractor, what we would refer to today as a functional medicine doctor, because I was doing 
a lot of kinesiology, different lab work, testing for you know uh, hormone imbalances, seeing a lot of thyroid patients, adrenal patients, dealing with um, a lot of functional medicine type things. And when I was in school, one of the things I ran across, it wasn't something in our education, but one of the things that came across my desk um, provincially that uh, was about this Royal Rife machine, his technology, Royal Rife as a man who lived in the 20s and 30s, did his work. Then he was a microscope manufacturer. And that was a time in history when um, quantum physics was just burgeoning. And all sorts of scientists were trying to figure out how they could use the under the new understanding of quantum physics, which was which is still the fact that everything, all matter, is simply energy that's vibrating at a specific frequency. So certain your cells vibrate at a specific frequency, and what Rife and others were studying is that cancer cells vibrate at a specific frequency. And, and the theory was if you could use a frequency to, to mimic that cancer cell's vibration, you could cause that cancer cell to die. That's what Rife believed. And he worked through using all sorts of different types of frequencies, electrical frequencies um, to uh, sound frequencies. And he stumbled on light frequency using light frequency um, at the residence of the cancer could help the patient get better. And he theorized that, well, if you hit the cancer cell at its own frequency, it would explode similar to if you hit with sound frequency, if you hit crystal at, a, the, at its own frequency, the crystal goblet would shatter. He thought that's what was happening to a cancer cell. And he had success treating cancer patients using light frequencies. Um, but I do wanna dispel some of that because I don't believe that's how Rife technology, light frequencies actually work. I don't think that they, if you hit a cancer with its own frequency, the cancer explodes and the cancer cell dies. Um, I don't think from a physiological perspective that that's actually happening. I think what's happening is that if you hit a cancer cell at its own frequency, you cause the immune system to take a second look at it, then we can get into why cancer doesn't die and why that's important. But that's what causes the in people with a with a semi-healthy immune system, if you if you use Rife technology, you can have success. Not every time, but if you can hit the cancer at its own frequency, the immune system has the ability to take a second look at it and then possibly kill that cancer. Um, so that's in a, kind of in a nutshell how how Rife technology works, using frequencies. Um, to to go through the body, light frequencies that can affect the body in positive ways. Now, the argument is that, well, um, uh, if, if you hit the cancer cell at its own frequency, um, um, you're, you're helping the body attack that cancer. And 
you can run frequencies on the Rife machine that is for your liver or for your kidney. And it doesn't cause your immune system to attack the kidney, but it causes your immune system to help clean up that organ. So it actually improves the health of your kidneys. It improves the health of your liver if you're running liver frequencies. Um, and um, so the Rife has multiple uses, not just for cancer. So when I was studying Rife's work, I was enthralled with it. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this is what I have to do sometime in my life. I want to get a Rife machine. Um, well, back in the 80s, when I graduated from school, the Rife machines were uh, had very little power compared to the Rife machines today. Um, but still, I picked out the Rife machine that I wanted. But goodness sakes, in my knowledge of what Rife did, he only treated cancer patients. So um, I thought, well, this is for cancer. And, you know, I'm, you know, a functional medicine doctor. I'm not seeing cancer patients. I can't even legally treat cancer. So I never, you know, pulled the trigger on buying a Rife machine. I feel like the Holy Spirit was holding me back. I just didn't feel like I had permission to do that. And it wasn't until the late 90s, um, my practice had changed multiple times. I had left practice, sold my practice, went into full-time missionary work with my family for a number of years. Now I was back in practice in the late 90s, um, struggling with, okay, Lord, what do you want me to be doing? Um, am I supposed to be doing chiropractic, functional medicine? What am I supposed to be doing? And then one of my patients came in my office and said, um, I have breast cancer in both breasts. She had bilateral breast cancer. And uh, they gave her three months to live without chemo and, and, uh, and radiation. And she said, I'm not going to do the chemo and radiation. She had evidently nursed a friend through chemo and the friend had passed away. And she was convinced that it was the chemo that was largely responsible for her friend's death. So she was convinced um, that she didn't want to do the chemo. So just so you know, I'm not against chemo, but I'm not, I am against thinking that it's the only solution. Um, so I was just like, that was my Holy Spirit moment of permission to, it's time to buy a Rife. So this was in the late 90s. I went and ordered a Rife, had it overnighted to me. Remember, I had my Rife um, already picked out that I wanted. I've been studying about, you know, I want to get this Rife machine and ended up getting a, a Rife machine that I don't use now because it's not nearly as powerful as the ones we use now. But she lived another 13 years. So she would come in and use the Rife every single day in my office. And um, she just kept getting better and she kept living. And uh, I gave her the, a nutritional program, the best I knew at the time. Um, and then uh, Gradually, God sent me that year, God sent me a, uh, another cancer patient, a brain cancer patient, and then another cancer patient, another cancer patient. This is even before we even had a website. And um, so it was, I knew it was God sending me these people, and it was, I could see the writing on the wall that this was what I was supposed to do with my life. And um, so I went back to school. I got a, um, AMA Fellowship in Functional Medicine, Regenerative and Anti-Aging Medicine, and Integrative Cancer Therapy. All the while I was studying how to take care of cancer patients, and I just thought, oh gosh, I just don't want to be 
if, if, always in my heart, it was if God sends me a patient, I got to figure out how to get them better, or at least do everything I possibly can, knowing that the results are in His hands. But that was that's has been my road. Now during the early two thousands, I was still had a chiropractor working for me, had a couple of clinics. I had a very busy chiropractic practice at the time while I was trying to learn how to be a better practitioner for my cancer patients. And the state board was coming after me really hard. I was really being attacked. And it was probably one of the most difficult times in my life because I felt like I did nothing wrong, but they hated what I was doing. Now, as I look back at it, and I could see some of the writing on the wall at that same time, though it was difficult, it was God getting me out of being a licensed chiropractor and under and out from under that medical model. You know, now I practice under my pastoral medical association license, which gives me the rights to do what I do with the rife technology, with nutrition, as long as I don't do medical things. Um, I'm safe. And God used that to move me out of that, um, the jurisdiction of the chiropractic boards, the medical boards, and give me the safety to be able to take care of patients the way I felt like God was leading us to do and what he was leading us to do. So difficult times can, can, can be a blessing because God allows you to go through difficult times sometimes to refine you and to change you and to mold you and to make you a better whatever he has for you. And for me, it was a better practitioner to be able to help people in different ways. So currently, we use the RIFE. We see cancer patients. We see autoimmune patients. We see Lyme patients. Um, a lot of people who've been to a lot of different doctors, we try to treat them nutritionally. All of our cancer patients, we use a Rife machine if they can afford to get a Rife machine. Um, so that is our main standard piece of cancer care is Rife technology, nutrition, diet, um, and getting as specific as we can on nutrition, the nutritional pieces. Um, throughout the years, I've written about seven or eight books. Um, we try to, one of the things that God really instilled in me is that um, we have to give away our information for free. So all of my books are a free download on our website. My most popular book, because we are really known for being a cancer clinic. And if you look at our website, our cancer, we actually have two websites, one for cancer and one for Lyme and autoimmune disease and such. But our cancer website um, is really what draws the most attention. We've been on, I've been a, a guest on multiple cancer forums and such. And um, my uh, book, Stop Fighting Cancer and Start Treating the Cause, has been a big seller and a big giveaway. We download, people download, we probably get hundreds of downloads a month on the cancer book, maybe more than that. Um, so that's a free download. All our books are a free download. Um, uh, and I come on shows like this just to try to get information out there that um, we know that, you know, I fully know not everybody could come to, we could hit handle all the patients that want to come to us. But, you know, we have six, seven, eight hundred blog posts, 800 videos out there. 
multiple books that people could download. We try to give away as much information as possible so people can best take care of themselves um, and manage their care by them by themselves as, as best they possibly can. I believe we're moving into an age where information is extremely valuable. So the more that you can know to take back your health um, from the powers that be, the the more empowered you're going to be to be able to take care of yourself. I, for me, I just with what is happening in the world the last two years, um, if something happens to me and I have a heart attack, my wife knows not to call the ambulance because I don't want to go to the hospital. So, um, uh, is the more I can stay out of the medical system, the better. Um, try to do things as naturally, in the way God, you know, created our bodies to live, the better. So um, we just try to give that information out. Um, I know um, that um, um, I was asked to come on here mainly because to talk about the Rife machine, and I'd like to field as many questions on that as, as you want, but we can talk about any health subjects that you want. If uh, you ask me a question about something I don't know, I'll just say I don't know. But um, uh, uh, with that, we can open it up for questions. Absolutely. Uh, and that's a wonderful story. And um, <laughs> God bless me to have a delivery uh, for that customer today. And I talked to her and I said, oh, yeah, Dr. Connors is coming on tonight. And she says, oh, wow. And she's like, I got to tell my niece. And um, hopefully her niece was able to get on and join us. But then she was telling me she's seen an article of another woman here in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that was healed from cancer from coming to your clinic as well. And she's going to be sending me that article and I'll be sharing that on the page. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah. I don't know who this person is that you're talking about. Um, I think I know who the person is that you're talking about with that article because I uh, received that. Somebody sent that to me as well. Awesome. All right. Our first uh, member up for question is uh, Kelly Eagle. Kelly Eagle, you're unmuted. Ask your question. Hello, Dr. Connors. My question is um, basically, what else can it do if you have pain? Can it help with if you have pain or if you're tired? Um, can you and how much is average uh, a treatment and how long do you have to go? I know that's a lot of questions. You have to go forever. Or like, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, does it help other things besides cancer? Sure. Good questions. So, whenever you're dealing with a symptom, so you got a symptom of pain or a symptom of tiredness, those are two symptoms that you mentioned. So, those are symptoms of something. So, we don't really, we, the, the first thing you want to do whenever you have any type of symptom in your, in your body is you want to ask the question, why? And, and get to the root of that answer of that question, if at all possible. Sometimes it's not possible to find out the bottom line reason why. Maybe you're in pain because you have an injury. Okay, that's understandable. Maybe you're in pain because you have a chronic condition. Well, now we're getting to some reasons why. Maybe you're tired because you're not sleeping well at night. Uh, you're sleeping a lot of hours, but you're not getting into a deep sleep. Maybe it's an adrenal issue. Maybe it's a thyroid issue, and you have and you have tiredness simply because your uh, thyroid gland is low. 
So you have chronic tiredness. So there's a lot of reasons why, and you don't want to use um, anything, even um, a supplement or the Rife machine to just cover up the symptom without asking the reason why, because then you, you might do yourself more harm. So if if my fatigue is because of my low thyroid gland and I was able to take a supplement and have more energy, or let's say we take we use caffeine and we have more energy, oh, now I can get through the day, but then you're not addressing the problem. Um, and the thyroid could get worse and worse and worse, and then it becomes a more serious uh, hypothyroid or Hashimoto's or something like that. That was that if if you would have addressed it two years ago, instead of medicating with caffeine or a vitamin, um, then you'd be in better shape. So you always want to ask that question: Why would you have any symptoms? However, can the Rife machine help with pain? Well, if it's pain from inflammation. Yes. If it's pain from a muscle injury or a joint injury, yes. It's probably not the best tool for that. There's other tools. Electrical therapy instead of light therapy is typically better for muscle and joint issues. So something like uh, electrical muscle stimulation tool that maybe your chiropractor or physical therapist would use. Um, or a PEMF, a pulsed electromagnetic field therapy tool, would be a better tool for that. Or if it's an injury to a joint, maybe cold laser would be a better tool for that. Um, so you gotta you gotta use the right tool for the job. Um, but you you have to figure out what the job is. You gotta figure out the reason why the person has the problem. Thank you. Does, does that help? Yes, um, thank this, you, thank you. And then I didn't talk about, you know, the the what I said. We I use the rife. That's a very generic term. So I do want to you help me remind me to kind of discuss what the tool is. What I say a rife machine uh, that I use because if you just Google rife machine, um, you're going to get a whole bunch of erroneous um, websites that. Um, Companies are selling things under the name Rife Machine that I don't think are really valuable tools. Um, we use what's called the company called True Rife. There's another one called the GB4000. So those in the Rife world will recognize those names. Um, so if somebody comes to us and they say, I already have a GB4000, but I really don't know how to use it and I have stage four pancreatic cancer can you program that for us because it's all has to do with with the what you're running as far as the program whether the rife is going to work for you um yes we can program the gb4000 but if a person comes to us and they don't have a rife machine we use the true rife so um, let's talk a little bit about quality of a rife machine so in my mind if you're not using light frequency there's rife machines out there that you hold little handles or there's rife machines that go in your pocket and there are little pads that stick on you to me those aren't really royal rife machines rife used light frequency so if you're not using a tesla tube gas filled bulb then it's really not a rife machine that's just my opinion 
you talk to some maker of a rife machine out there that thinks differently, well, then go ahead. But I'm just sharing my opinion. So it has to be a light frequency. So there's the quality of a rife machine that is, number one, it has to be a light frequency. So that limits down the rife machines that are out there to, you know, a, a smaller number. Secondly, it has to have enough power to penetrate a person's body. Otherwise, what good is it? I mean, if it's not going to get into your cells, then it's not going to help at all. So that brings our limit down to, you know, maybe about four or five machines that are out there that have enough power to get through a person's body. And then thirdly, it has to be user-friendly. So if it's really hard to use for the for the average person it's difficult to turn on and it's really hard to know how to get the right program and such well then it's not going to be really helpful at all the people aren't going to continue to use it fourthly it has to be programmable meaning that it's there are very specific frequencies that you want to use for different conditions so if i have pancreatic cancer i'm going to be running a different frequency than if i have colon cancer if I have breast cancer, it's going to be a very different frequency than if I have liver cancer. So you have to be able to program it with the frequencies that you want to use to be able to stimulate those cancer cells so my immune system can recognize them and attack them and kill them. Or you could use a rife machine all day long. You're running the wrong frequencies. It's just not going to work. So it's not going to do anything. So it has to be programmable, has to be user-friendly, has to be light frequency, it has to have enough power to penetrate the body. Um, those are my key components to, um, to the quality of machine. And we have settled on the brand True Rife, and I don't own any of that brand. I don't make anything off of people that buy a True Rife. Um, it's just, I think it's the best machine out there for those reasons. So it's easy to use for the patient. Um, it, we can program it, you know, very easy with the frequencies that we want it to run. We, we for a, if a cancer patient comes to us, we program overnight frequencies. So they're sleeping with the bulb all night long. So to answer your question about I am paid, how often would I have to use it? How many visits? How long, how much would it cost? Personally, we don't have a clinic that people come to and get a treatment and go home. We don't we don't run a clinic like that anymore. I used to, but I don't anymore. All of our cancer patients, we we ship them a rife that's programmed for their cancer. But let's say a person, I don't have cancer. Well, I don't have cancer, but I just would like to use a rife for other things. Well, that's what I love about the True Rife. It comes pre-programmed with about 2,500 different programs. I said that right, 2,500 different programs for things from COVID to, to viruses to bacteria. Um, and that's really what the Rife does best. Is it kills pathogens. It stimulates your body to kill cancer. That's really the best use. You talk about using a tool properly don't use a phillips screwdriver when it's a straight blade screwdriver that you need to use well the rife machine really is a tool to kill pathogens and to work on living tissue so it helps kill 
bacteria, helps kill viruses, helps kill parasites, helps kill mold, helps kill Lyme. It's a great tool for those things. It works on living tissue, it helps your immune system kill your kill cancer cells, and it helps regenerate, it helps living tissue clean out. So if you have an unhealthy liver from, uh, let's say, you know, past drinking, or unhealthy lungs from past smoking, or, you know, whatever damage that you had to your tissue, you can run frequencies for that organ to help that organ better regenerate and better heal. But it's not a perfect tool for everything. So if I fell down and sprayed my ankle really bad, if I had a Rife machine at home, should you use it? Yes, but maybe the laser would be a better tool to help heal the, the ankle or a PEMF or an EMS unit or something like that. So you want to use your tools correctly. Sorry, there's a very long answer for for that, but. No, that was great, thank you. All right, next uh, member up is NJ. NJ, your mic is unmuted. Thank you. Uh, thank you, doctor. I really uh, am pleased to talk to a physician that uh, is willing to work with people, with the client and looking for the answers, not putting band-aids on the uh, symptoms. Oh, you bet. And that's really, um, that's really my, has always been my struggle with the practice of medicine. It seems like most of the time they're putting band-aids on it. So you go in with, you get a blood test, you have high cholesterol. Well, here, take this pill um, and it will lower your cholesterol. But does it, it lowers the cholesterol, but is it actually, if that person truly had high cholesterol, uh, um, uh, does it treat the reason why the cholesterol is high? Does it treat the reason why the liver is kicking out all this cholesterol? No, it's no. all it's doing is artificially lowering that lab value, not really fixing the reason why or addressing it at all. Which is the important thing is to find out why it is, why yeah. the cholesterol is high, for sure. Right. Um, mine was, uh, are schematics available for the machines? Uh... You could look at um, truerife.com and see what he has. And you can call the company too and look for schematics. I don't know if there's, if you're looking for electrical schematics on it. I don't know if they're on the website or if he'll release those. I don't, I don't know that. I see. I do a charity in the Dominicans, so we try and keep everything as as uh, inexpensive as possible because everything is given away. Um, sure. Uh, my uncle and I, Uncle Doug, um, he he made the, um, I think you called it a, the it, the thumper. I call it the thumper. It has a, I can't think what it's actually called though. It, and he made it with the paddle and the, and it's with a capacitor okay and uh it sent and it, it relieved um uh, inflammation and pain also helped with pain that one was that, uh, sounds, that sounds more like a pemf a pulse thank you yes therapy. yes yeah. those are he made those one are of them fantastic tools yes yeah he made one of those for me and i had an oc separation with uh, a metal plating so i could use that but i couldn't use tens yeah that's great yeah 
um, I was just wondering if you, so uh, I'll see if the manufacturer hopefully will let us because <laughs> it's easier for us to uh, make it on sort of the cheap side to be able to help the masses. Right, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, though. You bet. All right, Delight, you're up next. And if anybody has a question for Dr. Connors, if you press the middle button, we can see your hand raise and we will call upon you when it's your position. Hello, Dr. Connors. I just have two questions. Have you ever considered dichloroacetate to treat cancer? That would be my first uh, question. And the second question, what's your view on the multi-wave oscillator as opposed to the um, Rife machine? Because we have a multi-wave oscillator, but we haven't used it yet. Um, and have you used it to treat uh, children that were vaccine injured? Those are my questions. Thank you. So I have not tried a multi-wave oscillator, so I don't. So I, I am all for new tools, okay? So if you got something that, hey, this works, hey, I want to see it. Um, so I have not experimented with that. I've experimented with probably eight or nine different Rife machines out there. Um, I have a ton of different therapy equipments, uh, pieces of therapy. Um, and I just want whatever is going to work. So um, DCA, um, I have not, I, years ago, we tested that. We had that in our office. We tested it on patient. We do kinesiology testing to see locking into cancer, seeing what we think is going to be the best tool for them because there's literally, you know, a hundred different nutritional, non-pharmaceutical, quote-unquote, cancer killers out there, um, you know, from, you know, curcumin to medicinal mushrooms to, um, you know, just a zillion things. I list them all in my book and I write about them and and even have links to um, uh, published articles proving that they have helped with cancer. Uh, so it gives people the power if they do go to their oncologist, they can actually pull up the studies, though they'll never look at them anyhow. So, um, so I haven't used the DCA never really tested very well for us. So we don't have it. It ended up expiring. We didn't we didn't have renew getting any more. So I have not used that. Years ago I had a patient that used it successfully, but that's been a long time ago. Um so yeah. And then your last half of the question was um I forgot treating what? Um, treating vaccine-injured children. Oh, yeah. So treating vaccine-injured children, we've seen a lot of that over the years. And now um, our, our cuttersclinic.com website is all on cancer. We literally had to take all our vaccine information off of it, uh, all our Lyme information off of it. And we actually set up a kind of a sister website called... Um, my hope for Lyme, um, and that has information on vaccine injury stuff and uh, autoimmune stuff and things. And it was just because that, you know, the you know what's happening in our media these days. They're literally scouring the web and shutting down websites with any information that they don't like. Um, but personally, I said to my staff uh, a year ago, I said, "Boy, 
the wave of the future, if you want to be a functional medicine doctor, is to be able to treat vaccine-injured um, people, not just kids anymore. I almost said kids there, because that's what we used to see all the time. I did, used to do, I also have a degree in functional neurology, so we used to see a lot of neurological, neurologically damaged kids, frontal lobe injuries due to vaccines, um, uh, because of the neurotoxins and vaccines, not just the heavy metals, but all the adjunct, adjunct and things that they put in vaccines to make them work. Um, and I mean, they're just toxins. So the, is the rife the best tool to use for vaccine injuries? Not completely. So it, you, there's no way you could just use the rife alone for vaccine injuries because you have to detox this stuff. and um using the rife to help with liver function is important because you got phase one phase two phase 2.5 and phase three liver detoxification pathways going on and that's the problem with the vaccines matter of fact i made a video a couple of years ago on youtube just pulled it a couple of months ago it was do vaccines cause autism and the, my answer is is if you know the argument from the medical side is that well if vaccines cause autism then everybody who got vaccinated would have autism <clears throat> it's a foolish answer because the um, the vac vaccines do not cause autism in everybody right so but if a child has defects on certain genetic pathways that control liver detox pathways, phase one, phase two, or phase three detox pathways in the liver, they're not going to detox this thing. So they get a, they get a this six pound baby gets an injection of 25 micrograms of mercury, 25 micrograms of aluminum, circulates through their body. They don't have a blood-brain barrier at this time. It can go right into the brain and cause issues. On a baby that has really healthy detox pathways, Hopefully, they can expel it. So when you put something into your tissue or you ingest it and absorb it, a toxin goes into the bloodstream. It circulates around the bloodstream. It goes through the liver. Your liver's got the first chance to get rid of it. But if your liver is already congested because you're eating a horrible diet already or because you're drinking or because, you know, you live in America, or a child has defects on their liver detoxification pathways. Those are genetic pathways for detoxification. So if they have defects, they're going to be a slower detoxer. So that toxin is going to go through the liver and maybe a little bit will be taken out, but it's going to circulate around the body again, all the way around the body, going through the brain, going through other tissues, and it'll get to the liver again. Well, some is going to be deposited in other tissues. Some is going to be deposited in the brain. Some is going to be deposited in other areas. And go through the liver again. Is the liver going to get rid of it right away? Well, if they're really healthy detox pathways, yeah, they might get rid of it. And this person might have no ill effects of that vaccine. But if they have any compromise of those detox pathways, this goes for an adult too. They're going to have more ill effects from that vaccine. Same thing with the vaccines that are going on right now, which aren't vaccines. Circulate around your body. If, you're, if you have any 
any compromise, and how do you know if you have any compromise in your liver detox pathways? Even if you did a whole genetic workup and you have no cytochrome P450 defects and you have no POD1B defects, which I've never seen, um, you still could have compromise of your liver detox pathways simply because you're detoxing other stuff that you just ate today. So you might have eaten the meal with a bunch of, you know, dyes because you ate a bag of Skittles or something like that. And your liver is like, holy crap, I'm trying to detox all this stuff. And now you went and got your vaccine. It circulates around the body. And the liver's like, ah, sorry, you're going to have to wait till next time. It goes around the body again. Sorry, wait till next time. That person's going to have more ill effects from that vaccine because they're not able to detoxify it fast enough. So how do you deal with vaccine injuries? You have to detoxify this stuff. When you're talking about regular vaccines, not this current one, the main components that you're trying to detoxify are the adjuvants that they're putting in the vaccines. The worst adjuvants, you could say, are the, the aluminum and the mercury as far as neurological issues that it's going to cause. So there are a lot, uh, aluminum can get hijacked by the macrophages go right to the brain. It can cross the blood-brain barrier, even in adults, because so many adults have a damaged blood-brain barrier from all the other stuff that they're exposed to. And certainly children under uh, three have literally no blood-brain barrier at that time. So you have to do use some chelation therapy. You have to do some binding in the gut. You have to do a lot of detox work. Uh, maramide work in the case of um, mercury in your opinion will, will what work maramide maramide well so we use different chelators and i think you have to use a combination of different chelators um, because so what a chelator is, is something that will grab onto, something that you'll absorb, first of all, circulate in your body, and something that will grab onto toxins and pull them back into the bloodstream. So whatever you're talking about trying to detox from anything, you have to start at the end first, because people think, I'm going to do a detox program, and they could get sicker than they were before. So how does just think of the physiology okay things let's say let's say a person has a vaccine injury and have a little bit of in the brain let's say well we got to get it from the brain it back into the bloodstream and then out the liver pathways dumped back into the colon and out into the toilet so you got to start at the end so you got to start at the toilet if you're not having regular bowel movements you got to start with that you got to be having daily bowel movements at least once a day. And then we don't want to get it all the way into the colon. And you, because you might be having daily bowel movements, but you're actually, you're actually getting rid of junk in your colon that you ate four days ago. So you have very slow bowels. You still have daily, so you think it's normal. And you end up reabsorbing a lot of those toxins. So we suggest you use things in the gut that will bind to toxins so that you won't reabsorb them. Those are considered nutritional binders. You don't necessarily absorb binders. They just grab onto stuff in the gut and hold it there so you can deposit it in the toilet. So start at the end. If I have a daily bowel movements at least once a day, yes. 
and start taking a binder so that you're grabbing out the stuff of the gut so you're not re you know you're not reabsorbing into the gut okay i'm starting to take a binder then support your liver and your gallbladder function um supporting and it's, it's really good if you do your genetics because then you know what pathways to support more boy i have a whole bunch of pod one defects that's that's a um a phase two liver enzyme so i gotta support that there's specific nutrition to help support that um or i might do coffee enemas to help liver function or i might do hot packs over my liver some physical things that you could do for liver um and gallbladder function and then you move to adding a chelator to grab on to these things in the brain and in the tissue to pull them out into the blood so that they actually will get through the liver. Because worst thing you could do is start at the at the beginning and start pulling stuff out of the tissue, and your liver is is very compromised, and it just circulates around and circulates around and circulates around because your liver can't take it it's always on overload and it just gets deposited somewhere else and then you have new problems so always start at the bottom so what i call seven phases of detox phase six is making sure you're having a bowel movement phase five is a binder phase four is making sure your gallbladder is flowing well because all the toxins go out the liver into the gallbladder and then into the duodenum and into the intestines um, and then phase three is making sure that you're making enough bile to be able to get these toxins out of your liver and phase uh, one and two are those specific liver pathways the cytochrome p450 pathways the pod one pathways that you actually take a toxin from the bloodstream make it water soluble, get it into the bile and get it out into the colon. And then you work on chelating it out of the tissue. Sounds complicated, but it's really, it could be done at the same time. Um, but you just want to try to make sure you hit all those steps. Thank you. All right, Uncle Doug, your mic is unmuted. You're up next. Sure. And doctor, I thank you so very much because I've talked about Rife for a long time. I could never afford to have a machine, but I always uh, was uh, a, a proponent of Rife and, and all other type of treatment. I built my own PMF machines and and I uh, like Dr. Beck's uh, elect, uh, electrifying the blood and, and doing all those other things. But uh, I'm so glad you came on to uh, inform people that uh, that uh, the work that uh, Raymond Reif made and done has not disappeared. At least there's a, a, a person that's still carrying it on. Thank you very much, doctor. I'm only making a comment. I wish I could uh, ask a question that would uh, equal to what your knowledge is, but uh, I'm just getting by. I just... Uh, I help people down here in the Dominican Republic uh, with natural healing. I like the idea of veterinary type uh, fixing problems. But uh, thank you again, sir. Oh, you bet. Thank you for your work. Um, and yeah, it is. We need to carry on this information um, because Royal Rife's work was lost for decades, actually, when the 
government seized all his stuff. They were actually interesting story. They were actually during the Cold War. I mean, think of the Cold War. I mean, everybody thought the Russians were going to kill us, and so the U.S. was doing a lot of covert operations. Um, they were desiring to use Rife's technology to create disease. Well, how God works is just unbelievable. So the U.S. government spent millions of U.S. taxpayer dollars to map out the quantum physics frequencies of hundreds of diseases. And then, um, so when they, I'm sure they experimented on our, you know, on our uh, military like they always do so they took a rife bulb and they you know used rife's machines and they you know had the frequency of anthrax or whatever they were experimenting on the time and they put an officer there and you know said you know something probably totally wrong and said we're gonna just help you and, and they were hitting him all day all night with anthrax frequencies thinking that they could produce anthrax there's actually written documents that i saw that they were they had plans to make this giant rife bulb fly it uh, and put it on the undercarriage of an airplane and fly it over moscow or whatever running the anthrax frequency or something like that and thinking that they're going to give all the enemies, everybody who lived in Moscow, anthrax. Well, the problem with their theory is that if you hit somebody with the anthrax frequency, first of all, if they don't have anthrax, it's going to do nothing to them. But if they, uh, it's not certainly not going to produce anthrax. If they did have anthrax, it's going to help their body kill it. So um, Rife technology doesn't work as a weapon. Uh, you can't produce a disease in somebody. You can't produce an illness in somebody. Though they tried for decades to use his technology in that way, the way God takes what is evil and turns to good, um, all the work that they did in mapping out the quantum physics frequencies of all these diseases became public knowledge with the Freedom of Information Act. And people like me can now use that to use those frequencies to treat uh, such diseases. So it's been a blessing for us in disguise, even though Rife died a completely broken man, all his life work taken from him ended up just, just a bad story. But um, yeah, we want to carry on his work and want to carry on, um, you know, this knowledge that I think can help humanity in a lot of ways. Um, and uh and that's just that's just what I have been doing for the last twenty years. So we just try to help as many people as possible. If uh, anybody else has a question for Dr. Connors, if you press the middle button to raise your hand, um, we will unmute your mic. All right, so then I'll move on to the admins. If any admins has a question, you can unmute your mic and ask your question. I have a question. Um, I was bitten by a tick, a Lone Star tick, um, in March and got Alpha-Gale syndrome. Um, do you know much about that? Um, yes. I, I mean, I don't know a ton about that, but I'm familiar with it. 
Okay. Um, I was just wondering if um, maybe this, um, you know, uh, machine could reverse that or um, I also don't have a gallbladder. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, basically if I eat anything that's got milk in it or um, I get really sick. Um, okay. Well, we could talk about both those things. So first about um, any pathogens, again, that's where the rife shines. So if a person calls me and says, you know, I have um, mercury toxicity from my dental work, um, should I buy a rife machine? Well, yeah, if you have the money, a rife machine will help. You could use it on liver frequencies and stuff, but that's not gonna pull out mercury. You know, the rife itself is not going to chelate mercury out of your body. You got to use other tools. <coughs> but if a person calls and says, I have a tick board illness, or I have Lyme disease, or I have a you know, parasitic infection that I, I can't seem to get better, or I have a dental infections that I can't seem to get better and it's causing long, you know, term issues, that's where the rife shines. So you're dealing with parasites, you're dealing with any sort of pathogens whatsoever. Like I said, with cancer, that's where the rife really shines. Um, because it's when you're, when you're trying to kill a pathogen with, um, with an herb, let's say, um, the, you're taking that herb, let's say it's echinacea, and you're swallowing echinacea, it has to absorb, it has to circulate through the body, and then it has to help stimulate a local um, immune response to wherever that pathogen is. Um, so there's a lot of things that could, could go wrong and that that herb won't stimulate a good reaction to that. With the rife, it goes through your body. So even if it's in an area like a uh, root canal tooth where you don't have any blood supply, so therefore you can't get any you know, herbal support to that area to kill any infection in that root canal tooth, the light frequencies could go right through it and kill the pathogen directly. So um, that's, I would say, you're, you're, you are ripe for a rife machine in dealing with any type of um, pathogen and certainly any tick-borne illness for sure. Answering the question about the gallbladder. So when a person has their gallbladder removed, you still have what's called a common bile duct. So you still have a duct that goes from your liver down to your duodenum, the first part of your small intestine. So when you're detoxing from your liver, you go through those phases that I described. <clears throat> and then the phase three is that all the toxins go into into bile that's made in your liver. So bile is a fatty substance that serves two purposes. It brings toxins from your liver down to, if you have a gallbladder, down to your gallbladder, and then your gallbladder secretes it into the small intestine. But if you don't have a gallbladder, it brings it directly to the small intestine. So as far as detoxification from the liver, if you don't have a gallbladder, you still have, you don't have any hindrance of that detoxification process because you don't have a gallbladder. However, 
bile has a second purpose. So first purpose is it brings toxins from the liver into the into the small intestine to eventually go to the toilet. The second purpose bile does is it digests fats. So bile is how you digest fats. So the word digest means to break down into really small parts so that you can absorb them. So when you eat food, those are called macronutrients. You eat carbohydrates, you eat proteins, and you eat fats. So uh, carbohydrates are broken down by the hydrochloric acid in your stomach. So they're digested or broken down into really small parts so you can absorb them by hydrochloric acid. Hydrochloric acid doesn't break down fats, though. You eat proteins. Proteins are broken down by enzymes secreted into the small intestine by the pancreas. So the pancreas makes these digestive enzymes, secretes them into the small intestine. That breaks down proteins. Well, what breaks down fats? Well, when you eat a fatty thing like dairy, dairy has a lot of fat in it, goes into the small intestine, and and the bile in your small intestine breaks down the dairy. Now, the way it works is that when you eat something, your stomach makes a whole bunch of hydrochloric acid at that time to break down carbohydrates. And when you eat proteins, it goes into the stomach, doesn't get broken down, but it goes into the small intestine. It senses that there's proteins there and your pancreas, squirts a whole bunch of enzymes in there to break down that um, meal that you just ate full of proteins. But when you eat a when you eat fat, bile is made constantly in the liver, slow trickle. So the liver's making a slow trickle of bile. But we don't eat like a slow trickle. We eat meals, which is a big clump. So we eat a big clump of fat, and then that slow trickle of bile dropped into the small intestine isn't enough to break down that fat. And then we get all sorts of digestive problems. So what God did is he gave us this bladder called a gallbladder that holds all the bile. So all the bile goes into the liver, from the liver, down into the gallbladder, holds it. And as soon as we eat a fatty meal, the gallbladder contracts, squirts a whole bunch of bile into the small intestine to break down that fat. So if I eat something with no fat, then I don't get that contraction. But if I eat something with fat, my body senses that, squirts a whole bunch of bile into the small intestine. So if I have my gallbladder removed surgically, now I only have that small trickle. So you have to do one of two things. You either stop eating fat altogether, which isn't good for you because then your body needs fat, but that's a problem. Or you have to eat fat really slowly throughout the day. So you don't eat a lot of fat whatsoever at any given time. You just eat it very slowly throughout the day. You might just nibble on some cashews throughout the day. and You're not eating a great big meal of fat. Or thirdly, and this would be helpful too, is you take a bile supplement. So you can take what's called ox bile, when you eat fatty foods, take 500 milligram capsule of ox bile, and it really helps you break down those fats. Now, get back to your specific issue. When I eat dairy, I have a lot of digestive issues. There's another possible problem with that. Remember I said you always got to go back to ask the question why? Well, is the reason why I have digestive issues when I eat dairy because of my 
lack of a gallbladder, so that only I have that slow trickle of bile into the small intestine, or could it be I have a food sensitivity to dairy, but it's usually the protein in dairy that you have a sensitivity to, the casein. So good idea to get a food sensitivity test done to make sure that you don't really actually have a casein allergy that's a dairy issue, not really a fat issue, not really a gallbladder issue. So um, good thing to do. It's just, again, just always look at, here's my symptom. Is it because of this? Well, let's find out. Let's do some tests to figure out what the reason why you have that symptom so that you're actually addressing it correctly. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to an um, allergist um, next month. So um, they're going to do all those tests. Okay, good. You can also check for sensitivity in food by using a little pulse meter on your finger and then eat the food and check it after a little while and if your pulse is up higher. Yeah. And one other thing that you could do as far as as far as that goes is ask you know, the next uh, question I would ask is that, okay, do you have that same problem when you eat fat in other things, not dairy? Um, and if the thing is, yeah, it's any kind of fat, it's not just dairy, it's any kind of fat I eat, oh my gosh, I get this, then it's probably a gallbladder issue. But if it's like, no, I don't have that with other fatty things, it's really just dairy, then that's, you know, it's a pretty good chance you have a dairy sensitivity. Right. With alpha-gal, um, any hooked animal byproduct or red meat, um, I can't eat. Um, you know, and the dairy is the worst part because I didn't eat a lot of red meat anyway. Um, but dairy is in everything. So I have to oh, make sure, it's difficult, you know, yeah. I look. Yeah, you do have to learn to read your labels, that's for sure. Going dairy-free is one of the more difficult things to do because it is in so many things. Um, but uh, that's one of the things that, you know, people ask me when I do Q&As for, you know, mainly cancer patients. It's like, okay, diet, what's the, what's the most common thing that you tell cancer patients to stay off of? Is it sugar? Well, yes, you know, cancer patients should be eating a lot of sugar, right? But probably one of the biggest promoters of cancer is dairy because dairy that's goat's dairy sheep's dairy or cow's dairy what is dairy created for you know mother's milk is to make a you know a baby grow quickly it has all sorts of growth factors in it and you don't want growth factors if you have cancer cells so increases igf1 levels other growth hormone levels um just not good for cancer. So most of my cancer patients are on a very restricted dairy diet, um, very, very restricted dairy-free diet of, of some kind. So they, it is, it is, I understand what it's, that it's not easy, but it, um, it's, a, it's a good thing to, to look at. All right. Is that answer your question, Joby? Yeah, I was going to say thank you. Oh, you bet. All right. We'll be moving to Truth in America. You're up next. And Katie, you're on deck. Hey, um, 
so what I wanted to ask you was um, with the light therapy, um, I have breast implant illness from silicone breast implants, and I plan to get them out this year. And I wanted to know, have you ever used the light therapy uh, to heal somebody um, and help them detox from breast implant illness? Because um, through having the implants, they have made me more progressively ill and I eat really healthy. I work out frequently um, and I don't smoke, I don't drink, and I have developed autoimmune disease, awful colitis in my stomach, um, a list of about 40 symptoms. And um, a lot of women go through this with their breast implants. And really the only way to get it situated is to take them out with a total end block, which is take all the scar tissue around it out. Mm -hmm. But they say it takes your body up to four years to detox. So my question is, have you ever worked with anybody um, that was detoxing from breast implant illness? And if the light therapy is good for that, and then if it's not, um, is there anything that you suggest if you do have knowledge on this topic? Yeah, so we have worked with people with that. Um, Matter of fact, one of my staff people years ago, she had breast implants long before she came to work for me and had to have them out. And she was very ill. And that's with kinesiology testing. That's what we found out was her problem. So, yes, any toxin like that can end up long term toxin issue could end up causing autoimmune disease. Well, what's that? So an autoimmune disease is when your immune system starts attacking self tissue, starts attacking your own tissue. Well, why would it do that? Because your immune system is trying to kill a pathogen. So your immune system doesn't detoxify. Your immune system kills things. Your liver and your kidneys detoxify. Your immune system kills things. But when you have a pathogen, or excuse me, a toxin that stays in your body for a long period of time, your immune system sees it often. And it starts to go, boy, what is this? This isn't supposed to be here. And it starts trying to attack it. But again, is the immune system going to do anything for some chemical toxicity uh, from silicone toxicity or whatever? No, because it's not living. Silicone isn't alive. It's some poison, some toxin. So your immune system tries to kill it. And what does the immune system do? Is it causes inflammation to the area to try to kill it. And sooner or later, it calms down. That toxin can go inside the cell. And then the immune system can start trying to kill your own cells. And then worse, it starts making antibodies against that tissue where the toxin is, and that's what an autoimmune disease is, is when you have antibodies to self-tissue because often, not always, but because in this case, there was a toxin, there's toxins in those cells of that self-tissue. So now you start developing antibodies to self-tissue, and every time you fire an immune response, you start killing those cells, which causes all sorts of symptoms. So the treatment is you have to identify what the toxin is and you have to get rid of it. So if you still have the breast implants in that are constantly leaking and you do 
like a chelation therapy, like I'm going to start taking a chelator um, that will pull it out of my body. That's not a good idea because you already have the masses in there that there's no way in a million years you'll be able to pull that all out of your body with a chelator. You have to remove the mass, right? So after you remove it, then you need to go on chelation therapy. And would a Rife be helpful? Yeah, Rife technology would be helpful to help you heal, help your body heal. But you've got to work on those detox pathways and go through those seven phases of detox that I mentioned quickly earlier. By the way, on most things I talk about, I have blog posts on. And what I'm talking about with autoimmune disease, my book, Help My Body's Killing Me, is available for a free download on our website too. So if you do go to our website, just go to our Cotter's Clinic website, and you can, there's a little um, eyeglass thing where you can click on it and then type in the topic that you want to talk about and see if I've written a blog post about that. Um, or if you go to our My Hope for Lyme, that's got more information on vaccine injuries and, and detoxification and such too. Um, but you'll talk, I talk about the seven phases of detox and I'm actually putting that into a little book. Um, hope to have that done by Christmas too, that will help as well. So bottom line, when you have exposure to a toxin, like I have breast implants and they're still in you, probably should not start a chelation or a program right now you could help with detox pathways but i wouldn't go to any chelation because it's you could make yourself sicker um, you just want to help get what is circulating in your body out of the body you don't want to pull it out of the implant with a chelator and pull it into the blood you're just gonna you're just gonna create a mess um, and then do the, get the surgery done, get it cleaned up as best as you can surgically. Will the Rife help with the healing process? Absolutely, the Rife would be a good tool to help with the healing process, but only if coupled with chelation and good nutrition and getting everything out of the liver as fast as possible. Okay, thank you so much for the information. And this, I have one more question. Um, as long as I have these in, and I'm, I'm, my colitis is so bad, do you have any recommendations for that? To yes. Calm so, down? so if you are, if you have colitis, so colitis is inflammation of the cells in the large intestine. So if you have colitis, it could be from an autoimmune response, but there's lots of different things you can do to help calm that down. So um i'd want i'd have to know a little bit more about your personal situation to make a specific recommendation um but in general there's a lot of gut healing things that would help calm that down and help you improve you know if you do go on our website and that try to push our clinic or anything but you if you can make an appointment with me to do a half hour appointment and and, and not become a full patient like that afterwards but i can point you in the direction that you could be assisted through one of my nutritional assistants and and she will help guide you through some nutrition and help walk you through some things and you can make appointments with her in the future and we're a very small clinic and we work really hand in hand so if you ever are working with one of my nutritionists and they don't know the answer guess who they ask they ask me so you're always kind of talking to me even through somebody else 
So um, you definitely do want to to try to stop that attack on the colib and decrease that fire, you could say, um, while while you're waiting to get the surgery done for sure. Okay, thank you so much. And I will definitely look into uh, getting an appointment with you. And by the 30 minute appointment, you do mean an online appointment, correct? Yep, all of our appointments are over the phone and over Zoom. Okay, thank you so much. You bet. All right, Dr. Connors, you got uh, time for a couple more questions? Sure. All right, Katie, you're up. Hi. Um, firstly, thank you so much for being here. You sound super interesting. I did miss some of the um, of the show, so I'm a little bit behind. Uh, oh, you're um, not going to be you very said... good at the quiz at the end, then. I know, and you know what? That's my biggest fear. How to cure my biggest fear right now. Um, okay, so, but luckily, um, I'm sure that Mike recorded this, right, Mike? Absolutely. Okay, yay. Uh, um, okay, so a couple of questions was, uh, one, uh, you answered for Truth in America that it's like basically like a telehealth visit, which is awesome. Um, you said something about when you're you're eating fat slowly throughout the day you know that's a good thing rather than eating a bulk of fat which definitely makes sense but you also said something about taking was it ox bio so if a person does not have a gallbladder so if they had their gallbladder removed uh-huh that it's that it's recommended that you don't eat a lot of fat with your meals okay. or you you still need fat so never ever ever go on a fat-free diet the worst diet right. unless you want to die early then go on a fat-free diet so you need fat for your brain you need fat for your cell membranes you need fat for your nerves so um well then how am i supposed to get fat in my body if i react you know my i get a gut ache every time i eat fat um because I don't have a gallbladder. Well, you, if you, you should, there's a lot of people without a gallbladder that really don't have a major changes in their diet because they still have good flow of bile. So you, if you have good flow of bile, you just should just break your fat down into multiple, you know, um, through, throughout the day. And a good way to do that is just instead of eating three large meals a day, eat like six smaller meals a day. So you can still eat the same amount of meals, same food. If you're eating a salmon and, you know, potatoes and vegetables, just eat a little bit, then eat a little bit in, a, in an hour and eat a little bit more, eat the rest of it in an hour after that. So you just break your meal down a little bit it'll be much easier to digest the fats and get the benefits of the fat and absorb those fats. Okay, that was that was awesome. I just got a little, little bit um, lost in what you were then, saying, well, so the, thank you the for The ox bile, you said too. So yes, there is a supplement that you can take called ox bile. So it's O-X space B-I-L-E. Okay, fantastic. Um, 
my my next question was um was pertaining to to myself um i don't do dairy i can't you know of course i'm not dairy free because as we established there's dairy in everything but as far as like drinking milk eating regular yogurt things like that i don't do any of that um and i'm still finding that um I was really sick about two months ago um, with the flu and um, that was like really, really hard on my body. And I do find that I'm still like struggling to be fully okay. And I'm actually feel sick again in the same way. Um, persistent sinus headache. Um, my ears feel a bit cloggy, like clogged up and stuff like that. And I stay away from dairy and I'm just not finding that like really any relief. Drinking tea, tons of water, eating relatively well. Um, but I just can't seem to get uh, the, like my sinus and ears under control. Do you have any recommendations like diet wise for that? So I first of all applaud you for understanding that dairy is a mucus former and will cause can cause a lot of sinus and respiratory congestion so somebody that that does have a respiratory virus of some kind eating dairy is going to make it worse right um but your struggle is hey i'm not eating dairy how come i can't get over this well it it may not be the dairy that's causing this you may have a a kind of a long haul type of some sort of virus. So usually if you have a like a long standing illness that you can't get can't kind of knock down, usually you think of it's a virus versus a bacterial infection um, and make sure you're doing enough things to support that. So um, if I could ask, you don't have to answer this, but if I could ask a personal question, did you get the vaccine? Uh, no. Okay. Most of the listeners on here would say no to that, I would certainly hope. Second question, and you don't have to answer this, is what I would ask is, um, are you around a lot of people that are vaccinated? Um, and I won't ask you to answer that, but what we are finding in our practice the last six months is if people are working next to or around people that have gotten the vaccination, um, they're getting this kind of long hauler kind of COVID-like symptoms um, because they're exposed to the spike proteins. <clears throat> so a couple of things you need to do. You need to support your immune system um, with quercetin. It's one of the great things for that. Kind of antihistamine type things, quercetin, zinc, uh and then support your glutathione detox those are your cellular detoxification pathways um and you can um, use different things to support glutathione recycling and then um vitamin c and i would try a high dose of vitamin c take um, a buffered c um, we have a product that uh, Orthomolecular makes. Their brand name is Orthomolecular is a really good nutritional brand, that one of the brands that we use. And if you look at our website and at our store, we have, we sell, you know, I handpick different brands that I like. 
um, that we sell. And Orthomolecular is one of them. And their product called Orthomune, we private label that's called Clear CV because it was really created with the frontline doctors in mind and what they're recommending for COVID. Um, so it's got all those things in it. So, but I know you can get those products elsewhere, but you can look at our store and see what's in that product. And you might even have those things in your cupboard already. Um, but I would try high dose vitamin C. I would try high dose quercetin. And by high dose vitamin C, I'd get up to like 5,000 milligrams, five grams a day. Um, split through the day so it doesn't upset your stomach. Use a buffered vitamin C so it doesn't upset your stomach. Then quercetin, I'd get up to um, uh, try getting up to about a thousand milligrams a day of quercetin as well. Um, and vitamin D, of course, you want to add to that mix too. Okay, so um, thank you for all of that advice. I will say this is that um, very funny is that when I take vitamins, um, I have to take such a small amount or I will get sick. And even after eating, so in the morning time, I would eat, wait a little bit and try to take vitamins before I get going. That didn't work. Um, then I was waiting until after dinner, which is definitely heavier than what I eat for breakfast. Give it a little bit for my food to digest. And I cannot take a full dose of vitamin C without throwing up. I can't even drink orange juice. I cannot even drink orange juice. I tried having, um, and this has been for years now, that I can't drink. Now, can I eat an orange? Yes. Can I make my own orange juice? Yes. It even organic, like if it says organic orange juice, this, this, that, and vitamin C, if I take it, it upsets my stomach so much. And it's been like that for years. I still try because I really want to take vitamins. I'm like dead set on trying to take vitamins. I've tried liquid vitamin. I've tried just, you know, just really trying to get those foods in my diet, which is, it's, you know, that's the American struggle, is it not? Um, it's trying to eat a well-rounded diet as best I can. But so when I'm not doing that, I want to be able to take supplements, but I, I cannot do it without throwing up. Is that crazy? No, what I would suggest is you get... Um, uh a product called HCL, that's hydrochloric acid, in a supplement form. You're not buying hydrochloric acid in your organic chemistry lab. But HCL in a supplement form. So I've heard this lots of times. Can't take vitamins, I get sick. Um, usually that's a deficiency in HCL. Um, do you have the same issues in when you do you feel icky when you eat a large meal? Yes. I so you have just to kind of eat little meal, little bits of food? So usually yeah, that's, usually. A, you know, I don't want to give you a possible diagnosis here without seeing any labs or any tests. So this is just kind of a shot in the dark, but I've been doing this for a long time. So one of the things that I would tell you to consider is supporting hydrochloric acid production in your stomach. So remember I said one of the ways, if you were if you listened to, to that part, the way you digest carbohydrates is through hydrochloric acid secreted in your stomach. Well, if you're not if, if you're not breaking down the carbohydrates in your stomach, they sit in your stomach 
like a bolus of food, like this little clump that sits in your stomach. And so that if you take a, if you take, if you eat any more, you feel like, ugh, feel like there's like a rock in my gut here. And you can't, people can't swallow pills and they, they, that just irritates them. Usually the gel cap of the capsule can be irritating to them. Um, I would just suggest you start with one HCL pill and there's different brands on the market. We have HCL, a couple, several different brands in our store, but you could go to a natural food place and get an HCL. Many times it'll be HCL with a digestive enzyme. Um, uh, or it'll be called betaine, uh, H8 betaine hydrochloride. Um, but that HCL will help your stomach break down the carbohydrates. And you slowly over time will start to lose that issue. And you will be able to take a supplement or you won't feel like you got this rock sitting in your stomach after you eat just a little bit. And you have to eat really slow. That will go away over time. Also, you could be having, you could have a, a hiatal hernia, which is this little part of the stomach <laughs> is actually herniated up through the diaphragm, and you'll want to pull that down. I actually made it a, a video, now that I think of it, on our blog. If you go on our blog and you search hiatal hernia, H-I-A-T-A-L space hernia, you'll see a video of me um, actually pulling down um, my other practitioners, uh, hiatal hernia, try to teach people how to do kind of manual medicine that way. So you can look at that. That might really help you too. So at least I hopefully gave you some little hints that might help. For sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate the advice. And it really oddly makes me feel better that more people can't have vitamin C because the people that I'm around, I'm like, I can't drink orange juice. And they're like, why not? I'm like, just please leave me alone. I can't. Because <laughs> yeah. well, it's like really never concentrated carbohydrates. So that's what made oh. me think of HCL issue there too. So yeah, well, for a very long time, like eating anything that was like purposely sugary would make me sick. And um, like I eat bread like regular, but anything that was like cake or candy or something like that, it would just make me feel like I was going to pass out. And so I actually went vegetarian for three years, vegan for a year, and now I'm back to regular to where I can have a piece of cake and not feel like I'm going to die. Okay, good. Good. Well, look at that. Yeah, hopefully that will help you. And again, if you do want to dig deeper into this you can make an appointment with me but at least go on our website and look at some of those blogs that might be all you need sure thank you appreciate it you bet all right everybody if you guys look on the wall i have a quick question okay you don't mind? Sure. sorry one, one everybody on, uh, on this call dr connor's clinic website and his website that talks about detoxifying for vaccines. Those are both on the wall. So if you guys can take that and put in your saved messages, um, it'll definitely benefit you. And go ahead, Angie. I have a quick question. Uh, I have a nephew who's ADHD. I'm just curious if you have any um, 
natural treatment plans for that? Um, yes, we used to see a lot of ADHD people when I in office when we did in office work. Um, but um, ADHD and ADD are issues of the frontal lobe of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, um, and quite often caused by a toxicity. Not always vaccine related, but often vaccine related. Remember, little babies um, uh, under three don't have a blood brain barrier. So anything that that child is eating, whether it's Skittles and it's dyes in the in that, or I just threw that out there, or a vaccine that they're exposed to, that will cross the blood brain barrier and can affect growing tissue. And the prefrontal cortex is the thing that develops, that is not developed as a baby, and it develops in those formative years. So um, attention issues and um, to texture issues to, I mean, sensory issues to everything you could possibly think of that have been given names on the spectrum um, all have to do with the prefrontal cortex. And most of the time it has to do with toxicities that have settled there. So it's again going back to those seven phases of detox again and trying to pull that out of the body and help that person heal. Um, and then there's there's specific, from a natural perspective, there's specific nutrition that can decrease inflammation that has been proven to decrease inflammation of the brain. And those are all the flavonoids, the curcumin, the resveratrol, the green tea extract, um, the all the what are called the TH2 stimulants um, that will calm down the brain, decrease the inflammation of the brain and help that person while you're working on detoxifying. So uh, great question. I know a lot of these kids end up going on medication. A lot of these kids get labeled as just problem as problem kids and end up, you know, you know, as as criminals because nobody's treating them correctly. So you have to decrease that inflammation in the brain. Um, and that, and there's really there's no medical there's no drug way to really do it. So you have to do it from a nutritional standpoint. Yeah, we've tried every possible ADHD medicine. Nothing. He he's he can't really handle the side effects of anything. So we he's not on any of that. Right, because they're not really addressing the problem. Um, they're just you know they they you know some people have gone on ADD ADHD medicine and it really calms them down and it really helps, but it's still not addressing the problem. So, and then some people react opposite to it and they actually makes them worse. Um, but again, even if it actually works and makes them feel better, we tend to, in America, think if I don't have the symptom anymore, now I don't have the problem. Um, but that's not true. Um, the symptom is there to tell you something's wrong. If we just cover it up with a drug, then our body is screaming at us, but we can't hear it at all. And worse things can happen. So um, it's, it's a mess our pharmaceutical industry has put us in. Yeah. So you're saying he, I should do like a detox? 
I would definitely do work on detoxification. And while you're doing that, the biggest thing that's going to help him are the that group of nutritional things called flavonoids. That's curcumin, turmeric, uh, resveratrol, green tea extract. Um, I actually created a product um, with uh, one with I formulated a product with one of our companies that we work with. And um, the name of the product, not that I'm here to push products, but you can look at this product that I made um, on our web store. It's called AI, pretty easy to remember, AI, and it's, it's for anti-inflammatory and autoimmune. So I created it for okay. autoimmune patients and brain inflammation. <laughs> That's what it's created for. So you can look at those ingredients, and if you have those in other supplements at home, so I'm not trying to sell my stuff here, um, mm -hmm. if you have those things in other supplements at home, take high doses of those. So okay. uh, in that product is the um, is the tocotriol portion of the vitamin E, resveratrol, curcumin, grape seed extract, um, N-acetylcysteine, glycine phosphatidylcholine, artichoke for liver phase three detoxification, and a product called sodium alginate, which is a binder in the gut. So it's it's got uh, a, a number of things in there specifically for that. So if a person comes in and they have post-concussion syndrome, they have any sort of dementia issues, they have any sort of autoimmune issues, um, or they have any sort of uh, uh, ADD, ADHD issues. That's a product that we use with all those people. So, um, okay, thanks. And I, and I made it so it's got that it's in small capsules, so it's easier for kids to take too. Thank you. But you can look at our store and see what's in there. If you have those things at home, I'd put them on, on those kind of things. Okay. All right, Doc, I got a question from an admin that had the, to, to run out. Um, she wants to know about being around those who have been vaccinated. Are they shedding just after their shot or does that last longer? Holidays are coming up and she's worried about her kids being around um, her entire family that has been vaccinated and who have gotten well, I'm not going to say the last part, but um, yeah, could you elaborate on that? Um, and I, in elaborating, um, I can only give you my opinion um, because opinion? there's there's obviously no scientific studies on this yet. So, um, in my opinion, and what we've seen clinically, is that um, it doesn't stop. So, with other vaccines, so if we went and got the MMR vaccine. Um, the shedding usually lasts about two to three weeks, and then it's over. So your kids go get the measles vaccine, or your neighbors went and got the measles vaccine. Well, if your kid hasn't gotten the measles vaccine, and you've never gotten measles, your kid could get measles from your from his friend who just got the measles vaccine. But that shedding period only lasts a few weeks. 
With this, it's totally different because it isn't um, a, a, a virus that they're putting in the vaccine that you're creating antibodies against. It's the M spike protein that they're putting in. It's, it's a, it's a um, totally different, it's really not a vaccine. So technically vaccines make a lot of sense on paper. You know, you give an attenuated virus, your body sees that virus, and it makes antibodies against that virus, but it's not potent enough to make the person sick. You just created all these antibodies against that virus, and now you have, quote-unquote, immunity because you have circulated antibodies to this virus. Makes sense on paper. Doesn't really work that way in real life for a whole bunch of reasons that we could have another two-hour conversation on. However, this is not an attenuated virus vaccine. This is not that at all. So the shot that people are getting now is very dangerous. All you're doing is making people's cells M-spike protein factories. So their cells are continuing to spit out and create M-spike proteins. Now, personally, I believe that not everybody that got vaccinated actually got the vaccine. Um, for a whole bunch of nefarious reasons. They didn't want people to die too quickly. However, the ones that did truly get the vaccine were are a constant M-spike protein factory. Now, that being said, if you go back to what we talked about earlier, that some people are very fast detoxers because they got really healthy phase one, phase two, phase three pathways in the liver. They were just gen genetically, they have really healthy pathways so anything that they consume they just spill right out into the colon and get rid of it some people that got this vaccine they might not be producing hardly any m spike proteins their their body and their liver just kicked it out of their body and they pooped it out into the toilet that day uh, praise god for that person now the truth is is that the vaccine didn't do what that person thought it was going to do either because they're not walking around with a whole bunch of antibodies to COVID, um, but they're not experiencing the dangers and the detrimental effects of the vaccine either. Um, other people, you know, not so lucky. The vaccine stayed in their system. It's constantly producing M-spike proteins, and it could produce, you know, horrible effects should they be exposed to another similar virus in the future which, you know, is available, that information is available out there from a lot of people smarter than me. So um, long story short, are you susceptible as a non-vaccinated person or even a vaccinated person going to a party with other vaccinated people? Um, uh, are you susceptible to danger uh, as they're shedding or sloughing, whatever we want to call it, um, M spike protein uh, in the air through their saliva, through this, through um, you know, coughing, sneezing, contact, physical contact. Um, uh, the answer is uh, quite possibly. That's the most honest answer. Quite possibly, um, we've seen it in our practice. We've had people, you know, without even you know, there was no conscious thought of it but they got really sick after they went to this party here the they were unvaccinated they didn't realize that all their people that they're at the party with were vaccinated they didn't even put the two things together 
as we worked on detoxing them, they felt better. But every time they hung around with vaccinated people, they feel sick again. I do believe that some people are more susceptible to it than others. Um, so, um, you know, with personally, with with uh, what I recommend for pregnant women is you stay away from vaccinated people. What I recommend for for young children, keep them away from vaccinated people. Um, that sounds awful. I mean, we're supposed to be loving to everybody, um, but we also can't be foolish. And it doesn't mean we're supposed to be fearful, but we're supposed to be wise. So there's that balance that you need to strike. I'm going over to my family. What am I supposed to do? You know, I don't, do I not hang around with my family because they're vaccinated and I'm not vaccinated? That's a choice everybody's going to have to make. But, um, you know, we're called to be wise as 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 we possibly can, um, not to walk in fear, but not to walk in foolishness either. So everybody's got to find out where that, what that means for them. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And I'll definitely send her the recording and um, hopefully everything that you said is going to help her out a lot. Um, we're almost going to two hours. If anybody has a qu quick question for Dr. Connor, oh, there we go. Uh, the light. And Connor, um, if you have time for a question, um, the light yeah, has one. Go ahead. Go ahead, the light. You're I have muted. a quick question, Dr. Connor. Uh, my relative has uh, seemingly an allergy to the cold. I, I just don't understand how. Um, so what would be the cause and treatment for it? Because I can't figure it out for the life of me. Oh, so they have an allergy to cold temperature? The cold temperature, they get swollen, basically. They get immediate inflammation due to the cold. Yes. Okay, now you're taxing my brain here. Because um, I read about this, somebody else having this about a year ago. I'm trying to remember what the physiology behind it is. You're going to have to give me a few minutes here. Um... I um, I'm trying to remember. I, I don't know if it was the thermal receptor issue. Okay, now I remember. Okay, so with a with a sensitivity to cold, when they go under, like they go outside, it's really cold. They like end up with like an allergy reaction, and they get sick. Um, if I remember correctly, what this paper was talking about, it had to do with the um, uh, uh, so. When you feel cold or when you feel hot, you have thermal receptors on your skin that sends a message back to your brain that, that oh, that's hot or, oh, that's cold. So that's how you know that. So it's neurological. So the thought behind cold sensitivity like that is that is inflammation in the brain where that is sensed. So... If a person has inflammation in that in the parietal lobe of the brain, so the parietal lobe has to do with your sensory function. So if, if you if you smash your finger with a hammer, where does it hurt? Well, it hurts in my finger. Well, really? You hit the finger there, it hit the receptors, it fired a nerve back up your arm, back crossed over in the cord, 
over to the other side of the parietal lobe where the area of your finger is and that's screaming to your frontal lobe saying ouch 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 so it's the pain is actually felt in the finger but it's actually felt in the parietal lobe that's the whole idea of phantom pain syndrome somebody lost their whole hand in the war but they swear to god their hand their finger is itching like crazy and it's driving them crazy or their hand is burning they don't even have a hand anymore well they still have that center in the parietal lobe for that hand so if they have inflammation in the parietal lobe then they still feel the hand follow me it's kind of weird but that's how our brain functions so it is with the cold receptors it fires to that part of the midbrain before it goes to the parietal lobe it's actually inflammation in the midbrain so it's kind of technical but decreasing brain inflammation again and detoxifying the brain so decreasing brain inflammation what is the what is the way the only way to decrease inflammation of the brain is those kind of anti nutritional anti-inflammatories unless you use steroids um but who wants to be on steroids long term it has all sorts of ill effects if this person went on steroids they'd probably not have that cold sensitivity but you can't stay on steroids because you stay on steroids long term it causes cancer so nutritional anti-inflammatories i'd say in high doses of curcumin get up to like three four thousand milligrams of curcumin a day resveratrol grapeseed extract another product that i don't have in my product called betalin great anti-inflammatory for the brain and work on detoxification of the brain good question thank you like that. thank you i just had a follow-up to this one uh, what's your stance on skull cap? Because I've been researching and apparently it's great for TBI. Would it also be great for inflammation? Um, yes. And I want to talk it is, an, it is an anti-inflammatory. It is an anti-inflammatory. So yeah, you could use it for that. Um, um, and I'm really a big fan of a lot of your nutritional herbal things. I think they work synergistically. So combining them with stuff, I think you get an even a better reaction than using specific, you know, individual nutrients. So I think it works. It, you know, I'd I'd add that to the mix too. Thank you very so much. Traumatic Dr. brain injury. I think I have a video on brain inflammation on my website. At that, if you're in the TBI, you'd I think you'd really like this video. Because it talks about um, uh, primed um, microglial cells. And I think you're a smart guy, and I think you'd really like that information about primed microglial cells and understanding the neuroinflammation side of TBI and post concussion syndrome and such. Great. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Anybody got a question for Dr. Connors? Um, press the middle button where it shows your hand to be raised. And it looks like Katie. Katie, you're up again. Hey, um, so I just had a question because I was taking notes as we were talking. 
um like with me being sick i do think that it, it could be from being around people who are vaccinated um because i do work in customer service and so um you know i wrote down a couple of things. like you told me the hcl for uh like basically like to be able to digest the um the vitamin c but the other things that you said was like the mixture of like zinc and vitamins is was the original for this basically COVID cold that I have again. Right. Yeah. That was correct. So, okay. Yep. So if you go, if, like if you go on our store again and you look up the clear, it's called clear CV. CV as in COVID. I don't know how they let us use that okay. name. I don't know how it passed legal, but it did. Um, but if you look that up, you don't have to buy it from us, but you look up, look the, at the ingredients in that, and that's really what you want to take. Okay, so great. It's just all uh, I did hop on thing. the website. Okay. I did hop on the website. I didn't get to a part where I saw the a store, though. So I'll go okay, so, look on that. Uh, Thank you so much. On our website, in the top right, top right corner, you'll see um, it says store. Think so yes oh yeah top right headquarters says blog video store begin here so all Thank right you so much. and so that would be good for um like also like people detoxing when they go around people that are vaccinated if you're taking like a good vitamin regimen that should be better to combat yeah. these spikes I'll fight that off exactly you're awesome. Thank you. You bet. All right, Angie. You're up. Hey, you're, you're, have you heard of uh, pignogenol, which is Australian pine bark? Yep. So pignogenol yeah. is also a good TH2 stimulator. So you have two sides of your immune system. Your TH1, which is your immediate response that kills things, and your TH2 side that calms it down and, and starts to make antibodies. Pycnogenol is a TH2 stimulator, decreases inflammation. Uh, so it's another thing that you could use for decreasing brain inflammation. Yep. Yeah. And uh, if you had congestion in the uh, sinuses and that, could it not also lead to root canal or a dental uh, issue? So could uh, could sinus issues cause root canal issues? I think what you're asking, could root canal issues be the cause of sinus issues? The second, the latter. Yeah, absolutely. So root canals could be the cause of lots of things, even cancer. So because a root canal tooth is a tooth that has been hollowed out from any nerve or blood supply. So now it's literally kind of what I refer to as a hotel for bacteria. So they can live there unabated. You can take all the antibacterial stuff in the whole world, take antibiotics. It's never going to touch it because there's no blood supply to the tooth. So the bacteria live there free and then run off and cause havoc from there. So yeah, root canals can be bad. Don't ever get a root canal. If you got one, you know, you don't necessarily need to go get it pulled and, you know, replaced, but it can be a piece of your problem. We've seen, we've done thermography on people with breast cancer, say they have breast cancer in their left breast, their left tooth, 
you can see a line of red heat inflammation going right from that tooth right down to the cancer. Not always, but we've seen it so many times um, that uh, you definitely can, want to go to cannot the rife. Cannot the rife machine be worked uh, be used for it? Yes, yep. So we will program the rife then for that patient for dental infection and, and they'll use it for that. But still you it still is a good idea to go to a biological oh, it's dentist. Like, and it's like someone that has that breast issue. implants and everything. Eventually these these things need to be corrected, removed. Yeah, what if they've had in surgery implanted and put uh, say they uh, put screws back in to put a um, a muscle back on a on a or, or sorry, not a muscle, but a, uh, on the bone. A dental implant, you mean? No, no, an inner shoulder OC separation. Usually, that's not an issue. Usually, they're using stainless steel or titanium screws. Um, you know, usually, there's not. You know, I haven't seen long-term issues with that. Where you see long-term issues with um, with uh, any sort of implants are. Um, when they use other metals. I had, I had one patient once that had, um, I don't know if he got hit in the face with a baseball bat when he was younger or what, but he had a, a, a nickel plate put in his, in his jaw, his upper jaw, and um, migraines from that. A nickel. Well, nickel. Metal, metal poisoning. Yes, he had nickel oh. toxicity. Oh, my stars. Literally, we, we could not yeah. help it because we used all sorts of chelators and homeopaths to pull out nickel. You, you can't pull it out fast. Now, how are you going to get rid no. of that whole nickel plate? He had to go in and surgically have that removed. Like the breast um, or like breast implants and stuff like that as well. Exactly. Well, yeah. And breast yeah. implants only become a problem when they leak. Um, though the, the, the silicone from the outside of it can be, people can react to that too. Uh, we've had people react from their, um, IUD. You know, we had one, I remember one patient that she got, she had violent headaches. We tested her with kinesiology, she came up with copper toxicity. Like, okay, I don't know where you're getting copper toxicity from, though copper toxicity is really common. Um, but she goes, oh. I just had a copper IUD put in. That's when my migraine started. So she had to go get the IUD taken out and let her headaches went away. So that's that's interesting because she if she would have been uh copper deficient, that would have caused uh, a lot of copper issues because I wear a copper yeah. bracelet because I'm the other way. I'm copper deficient. Yeah. You do have to be careful with the type you're wearing a copper bracelet, but your body has to take that and make that in a you know, a, a, uh, so that your body can, your cells I, can really use that type of copper. So, well, I I do it topically in a bracelet form, yeah, uh, but I also better. do do I also use zinc as well uh, yes, to work good. the copper through the the body. Right. Yep. Because and there's also iron and different yeah different ones that'll work with it. Okay. Good. All right. Um... Katie, and then we'll let Dr. Connor get out of here. I know it's it's been a while. Um, Katie, you're up. Thank you. Okay, me again. Okay, I, I'm going to get an A on this quiz, I promise. Okay, so right. I'm on the site, <laughs> and um, I'm looking at the HCL, and it's the one with the XYM enzyme. Is that That's the one the that you recommend? Because I look. One. 
he had like one that was like had a a peptide and all the other stuff. So okay, I just so want to say um, that one. And if, and if taking one with you only take HCL with your food, you don't take it on an empty stomach. So okay, so when you eat, take one of those. And if one is too much, open up the capsule, and then mm-hmm. just take a tip of your spoon and take a little bit of it with your food. Okay, and then so. Um, if I start taking that, how quickly can I start trying to take like vitamin C or the um, the clear CV? I would give yourself a week taking that. Okay. Um, and you might have to, again, open up the capsule and take only a third of it or a fourth of it okay. with each meal. I'd give yourself a good week before you try to swallow a capsule. And then if, okay. it, if you swallowed a capsule, oh, I did fine. And the next day, oh, that hurt again. Oh, I don't feel good. Then just start, you know, go back to ground zero. So go on, stay on that for a little while. Go real slow. Okay. Um, and then I wanted to also ask the um, the HCL, can that be found in any foods? No. Your stomach no. makes it. So okay. it's not... So you're deficient in it just because your stomach isn't making enough of it. Okay. So your stomach makes it. It needs the B vitamins in order to make HCL. Um, okay. So sometimes when people are deficient in B vitamins, they don't make enough HCL. But probably yeah. H- HCL deficiency is probably the most common problem in the world. Okay. And that leads to helicobacter pylori issues and a whole bunch of other issues that we could talk about for an hour. But okay. Okay, so that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. I had one other quick question, Mike, if we've got time. Yeah, go ahead. Appreciate you coming on here, Dr. Connors. Um, I have a question. I have a customer who gave me a I don't think it's a Rife machine, but I think it's a radionics machine. I just dropped it on the wall here, and she gave me a book that goes along with it where it lists, like, every frequency to every ailment, it seems like, is in there and everything. But the one thing she didn't have was a five and a half millimeter AC adapter for it. She couldn't find it that day. Would you happen to know how to find one, or if, is this machine even worthwhile to try and use at all? Or I don't think it's worth using. So a radionics machine is, was made back in the 30s and 40s, I think, um, by other people who were trying to do the right thing. But it doesn't have the power to penetrate the body, so it's, it's not going to do anything. Um, it might help with, like, some skin issues, but it's it's not going to go through your body. So okay. if, you, if you, whoever, if wasn't with us at the beginning, we talked about the the key components of a quality rife machine it has to use light. Radionics does use light, I think. Um, and, but it has to have the power to penetrate the body. Um, and that eliminates a lot of the you know, inexpensive machines on the market. It just doesn't have the power to do anything. So you people get frustrated and like, tried it, but this uh, didn't help. Well, it's, it's not it's not a, a quality enough machine to, to work. Sure. So that makes sense. All right, Dr. Connor, I would like to um, say it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor, and I hope uh, 
you'll join us again um, because this information is great and um, nobody needs to suffer uh, a couple evil people that controls the matrix. And um, I really appreciate you. Um, I'm not going to hold you up, but I would like to say my daughter has Crohn's. So if you can um, send Dustin that information of what she could do, um, that would be highly appreciated. And uh, it's been a blessing to have you on here. All right. Thank you, Mike. And thank everybody. Uh, hopefully everybody learned something and utilize all the free information that we have out there as well. Um, and if you want to be back again, I'm glad we come back and I'll answer any questions. So thanks, everybody. Awesome. Thank you, I Doc. I jump on real quick also and say I, I threw in the chat um, a link to our website, connersclinic.com slash IG. And it comes up our Instagram bio links. Uh, it's just a quick link page we made that's optimized for mobile that can be really helpful because there's so much information on our website. Uh, but on there, you can find links directly to um, info about our uh, cancer programs, info about the Rife, a link to our blog, our podcast, the big red button to download the free cancer book our newsletters and there's a form to fill out if you want to uh, schedule an appointment or ask a question. So it might be, might be a helpful start place to start um, to find some good links on our website for search information. Yeah. And jo join Dr. Connor's telegram page as well. Yeah, we'll be sharing stuff on there too, pretty regularly. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Thank you. And thank you, Dustin. And God bless you. All right. God bless you guys, too. Bye-bye. Thank night. you.